it's time to kickstart your confidence. In this podcast, you will hear open and honest interviews with business owners and like-minded people who have struggled and then how they've overcome their own issues. Listen to their real-life struggles and personal accounts of how they've changed their lives and continue to do so on a daily basis. Get rid of stress, own your own space and thoughts. It's time to take control, build your personal health and well-being improve as you travel with us on this journey. And now your host, former British champion, owner and chief instructor of Hastings Kickboxing Academy and third Dan Black Belt, Carl Denning. So welcome back. Uh, I spoke to Jimmy the Flick a few months ago before uh, he took this fight and I am really happy to announce that we've got him back on the Kickstarter Conference podcast. I'm joined with Jimmy the Brick Flick and now he is the LFA world champion. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, man. I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, we got that LFA title, baby. Yeah, I was going to say, what's that around your shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> That's gold, baby. That's gold. So we had to bring Fantastic. it back to where it belongs. So It looks uh, good and heavy. Yes, it is. And hopefully it's the golden ticket to the UFC. That's what I'm hoping I'm holding here. Hell yeah. If we can make that happen, we will. And I'm sure yes, with, uh, with your record, it won't be long before you get that call, 100%. So let's talk, let's go straight in. Uh, the fight fans will know you. If they don't, you have just had a tremendous finish in round one, 38 seconds. Phenomenal. Um, I believe it was the second fastest in LFA history. Is that correct? Yes, sir. We got the second fastest submission, our f- second fastest win in LFA history. Uh, right behind Brandon Roy Val, the guy that I keep calling for. Um, he just got booked in the UFC. So uh, I'm hoping his opponent falls out and uh, my little storybook can keep going and I can chase him. I was the last one to win the LFA title. He was the one last one to hold it before me. And it's a fight I really want. So, And now I got even more reason to want to fight him because he beat my time. So, um, And you want that back. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would love to fight him. Let's see who can finish you faster. Cool. Now, that would be something spectacular to watch. So that would be great. Let's talk about your finishes. You're, you're known as a finisher. Seven finishes in the first round. You've had so many in your career. How many finishes have you had and how quick have they been? Uh, I'm 14 and five as a professional and I have 12 submission wins and uh, two decision wins. My two decision wins are to the same guy. Uh, they brought me in to lose to him in Bellator 20. Uh, I was 0-0, and he was 6-2. and I beat him by unanimous decision. Uh, his name's Humberto Deleon. Uh, a couple fights later, we fought for the IXFA 125 title down in Texas. It was the first pro title I ever held, and uh, I beat him by another unanimous decision. So I beat that guy up for eight rounds, and all my other 12 opponents I've finished. Uh, uh, I got five losses, one only by a decision that I feel like I won, and uh, four by TKO loss. So uh, every time I'm in there, it's killed or be killed. Yeah, that's in our first podcast, we talked about kill or be killed. And uh, we were talking about this fight. We were talking about your preparation. We were talking about how important it is to finish the fighter rather than letting it go to the judges. And, oh, man, did you not disappoint? Yes, sir. And it, uh, it was, you know, fighting a guy that's never been finished. So we were prepared for five, five-minute rounds. And yeah. to go in there, 
finish somebody that's never been finished that fights at mainly a higher weight class as well. Um, got the job done fast, got out of there injury free, and uh, hopefully that'll help me get the call to the UFC. Hell yeah. When you, um, so we talked about you being strong, and we know you're strong at 125, and we talked about finishing the fight as quickly and as strong as you could. What was your mindset like? This, this podcast is all about confidence. So we know as a fighter we want to be confident. But what was your mindset like before getting into that cage? Where were you at? Uh, like you said, my mindset was 100% that I did everything I needed to do with my training camp. Uh, I knew I woke up every morning and did my CrossFit. I knew I did my sprints every week. I did my sparring. I, I did all the hard work. I ate right, got my smoothies, got everything I could to make sure that when I walked into that cage, with or without fans, I was 100% confident that I was going to get one job done, and that was bringing this LFA title back to Oklahoma. And that's exactly what we did. And uh, in my other fights in the past, I've walked into fights where I'm not 100% confident, and it does. It changes the whole thing. So uh, ever since I came off my last loss, uh, I've made sure I've done everything I can in my power to go in there 100% with mindset, knowing I did everything I could. And I'm untouchable when that happens. And I've been proving it, and I'm ready to prove it again. Well, the fight you've just done – it showed you were untouchable. And a few people have said it was an easy finish, as in it was easy for you to finish. But you finished someone who's never been finished and in 38 seconds. So for me as an instructor, that shows that your hard work, the grind, the dedication that you've put in, just it, it showed how easy you made it look. It wasn't an easy fight. It's just you made it look easy because you put the hard work in. Exactly. I'll take a hard, hard training camp and an easy fight all day. Every you day, know? every day. It don't Train hard, easy. fight easy. It don't matter if we're in there for 30 seconds or 30 minutes. When we win a fight, we get paid the same amount of money as a fighter. So the quicker, the better. And like yeah. I said, man, I've been putting the hard work in. I've, I've been in the sport for a decade. I know what it's like to lose. I know what it's like to win. And, uh, I know what it's like to fight with no fans now. So uh, I showed out for my state of Oklahoma, and uh, we got this world title, and we're just hoping for bigger and better things. And I'm, I'm sure they're going to come very soon, and I hope they do for you. So let's talk about the, the fight. I'm a kickboxer by trade, but obviously that was uh, to the ground and away we went. So for the jiu-jitsu guys and the wrestler guys, can you t talk me through, I mean, it was only 38 seconds. So can you talk me through the fight and what was going through your head to get him to that point where you, you managed to get him to tap out? Uh, yeah, honestly, the fight was, uh, we're both grapplers and wrestlers. Most of our fights are by decision or submission. So uh, I thought it was going to be more of a stand-up fight. Uh, I've wrestled since I was three years old. I've been doing jiu-jitsu for 12 years and uh, I've been uh, working with the striking coach for over a year now on my actual striking. So I've evolved as a fighter all around. That's why they call me the bricks because my game's solid all over. And uh, in this fight, that's what I thought I was going to have to use more. But after I threw that leg kick, uh, calf kick, it threw him off balance. And, you know, I guess the wrestling came out in me and seen the double leg. So we hit it. And uh, when I started putting him on his hip, he had good defense by pushing on my head. Uh, but I could feel he was not stronger than me. Um, so I used my wrestling and kept pushing and pushing. 
Then we turn back the other way. If you wrestle a long time, you know, you know how to cut the corners. And that's what I did and cut the corner. And uh, I got a little high on his back. And uh, instead of going for the back, I just jumped right for the head and arm. Uh, I was going to hit it off my back. Uh, I got a very strong grip uh, when I lock it up. And I'm very confident off my back or on top. Uh, he went to go roll and get his arm out. But the head and arm was already locked. And he rolled me over to the side I needed to be on. So he did the job for me once I got it locked up. And uh, it was just a matter of time he was going to go to sleep or he tapped. And yeah. uh, he tapped. And when he got up, he about went to sleep. So uh, it was amazing. <laughs> and, uh, like, when I get a hold of these guys at 125, like I said, I'm a big, strong 125er. I've been in the sport for a long time. I've been cutting weight for a long time. I fought these big 135ers for a long time. So I'm ready to stay at 125. Now, I proved why. I'm the best at 125, so uh, I'm excited to see what comes from here. I mean, for me, watching it, once you got on him and locked on, it looked to me that, like, an anaconda had just gone and eaten a rat. You know, I'm not, I'm not calling the fighter a rat, but it, it was like, that's it. He's done. The way you just wrapped up around him and held him, it was like, wow, he's going out. It was phenomenal to watch. Yeah, it was time to eat, and that's what we did. <laughs> we went eating. We went yeah, hunting we and we won. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, really. I say it looked amazing. So, so well done. And again, for the, for the guys that understand jiu-jitsu and the ground game then. Um, and does it, do you find, do you have time to think? So when you're down there looking for angles, cutting corners, have you got the ability and time to think while you're down there? Honestly, no. I've been in the sport so, for so long that... That's why I train so much and we do so much is because muscle memory. That's what yeah. takes over, when, especially when you're really tired. You want that muscle memory. That's what training all these reps, doing them thousands, hundreds of thousands of times and just keep doing them, keep doing them. Like I said, that single leg, he just he, he had great defense. But I've been working my whole life since I was three years old on cutting the angle when people do that. So you just keep driving, you keep driving, you cut back the other way and uh, not everybody has that. So all the drilling, all the training, especially with my stand-up as well, the calf kick was there. I didn't even tell myself to throw it. It just – it was there. It threw it. And then we was in on a double leg, and it was to fight me. Uh, it just comes natural to me. And when I feel like I got an opportunity to finish, I'm going to go for the finish. I, I don't care if I tire myself out. I don't it's, – it's better to be on the offense and win than to be on the defense and that's what I was trained growing up, beyond the All offense. In. All in. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. So you talked to – obviously, we know you're a strong 125, but we also know, just before we went live, you said about your eating. Because you, you walk around at, what, 140? Uh, training camp, when I'm in for a fight, we'll say about 44, 45. Yeah. That's why I don't like to uh, fight at 120 or at 135 because I make 135 on – 24 hour notice, you know, as fighters, I can cut eight to 10 pounds, uh, in a day pretty easy, uh, just with good training. Um, yeah. so I, I walk close to 145 when I'm in training camp for fights. Uh, I get as low as 138 after training. So, um, that's why I like to stay at 125. I do cut, you know, close to 20 pounds, but I've been wrestling my whole life. I've been doing it for a long time. So that's why I want to stay at 125. Uh, I feel healthy. I feel strong. In this last fight, we were only at 125 for 30 minutes. So after I recovered really well, uh, I was a good 143 fight night. Uh, yeah. When I 
135, I only go to 143. So when I fight at 125, I put that weight back on. I feel like I'm the bigger, stronger guy. And, uh, I mean, he was a big dude. Everybody kept mm, calling me. He looked big. Yeah, but if you look at the legs, the you know, I got a lot of power in my legs, a lot of strength in my legs, and I have big legs. And that's where, you know, a lot of people didn't see where my strength was, is in my legs. And um, maybe my physique wasn't as pretty as his, but overall, uh, I'm a strong 125. Don't judge a book. Definitely not. That's right. Hell yeah. You know, looks can be deceiving. So there's going to be a lot of people that will be looking at their numbers and going, you know, 144 down to 125. How does he do that? Because I know people struggle with this. So what's the magic? Can you, can you give, uh, how do you make that 125? What's your diet training, your diet and your training like? Uh, I drink a lot of water and uh, outside of water, I, I love uh, chicken. Um, I eat a lot of chicken. Uh, I'm actually a very, very picky eater when it comes to eating. All my food is mainly plain and dry. Even like when I eat burgers and when I'm eating bad, I still I, I don't eat a lot of stuff. I don't like salads. I've never had a salad a day in my life. So therefore, I got to go to smoothies a lot. Uh, my wife makes me a lot of smoothies. We do a lot of our fruits, our vegetables. That's how I get my spinach. Uh, yeah. Prior to becoming a professional, uh, I used to eat really bad, but then I realized to make weight and to perform the way I need to perform, I got to put good stuff in my body. So uh, on smoothies is where it's at for me. And I eat a lot of chicken and a lot of deer up here in Oklahoma. You know, we, we hunt and kill a lot of deer. So I love that deer meat. It's real lean on you. Um, I got to get away from it closer to the fight though, because it can't affect you. But uh, that red meat. So uh, yeah. I, Chicken. Chicken and smoothies is where chicken it's at. And That's the magic ingredient. Chicken and smoothies. Hopefully you don't put the chicken in the smoothies. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's too picky for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I, and you, you do get enough nutrients from your smoothies. Are you taking any supplements? or? Actually, no. I do not take supplements. Uh, I've never took them. Uh, I took them back in the past, but they just weren't for me. They, I feel like they broke, break my body down. I yeah. take a one vitamin and I put vitamins in my smoothies you know um, yeah. vitamin B12 multivitamins uh, besides that uh, over-the-counter stuff I I don't take anything I did just start taking a CBD and a CBG recovery yeah uh, from from uh, I think it's uh, uh, what's it true max um, I've been taking that so that seemed to help out a lot and uh, I used it on my recovery so, but for supplements and protein, I stay away from that stuff. It just, it, it's never been for me. Yeah. So there you go, guys. If you want to know how to cut that weight, water, chicken, and smoothies. Hey, there you go. Yes, sir. So something I want to ask you from a personal point of view is a lot of people, obviously we're still in COVID-19 at the moment and the world's still inside out. And a lot of fighters have been complaining. There's no point training. There's no point fight training. Yeah, you stuck to your training, you stuck to the grind, and you're, you, you are now the LFA world champion, and hopefully we're going to get called to the UFC. But the fighters are saying there's no point because there's no shows. You've just proven every single person wrong. What was it like fighting with no crowd? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, like you said, a lot of these fighters are worried during the pandemic. They're not staying committed. You see fighters bumping up weight classes just to be able to fight. And uh, I, I took a fight at 125. I had to stay dedicated, committed during this time. 
Um, I'm lucky that my gyms are open up up here. But even during the pandemic, I was making sure I was getting my road work in. Uh, my opponent was training at Albuquerque, New Mexico with Jackson Wink, you know. So he came out of one of the top gyms in the world to fight for this LFA title. And I stayed here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, my hometown, you know, put that work in, put that training in. And uh, it all came together at the fight night, you know. So in 20 years, I get to talk about this. And I'm super excited to be able to talk about it in 20 years, what I went through and that we fought during the pandemic. And it might even be coming back, but if it comes back, we're still going to stay ready. We're going to get that road work in. We're going to do everything we need to, you know, to step up when one of these guys pulls out. Yeah, and, and ready you will be, because we've talked about it. Um, we want the call from the UFC. We talked about it off camera. What's the next step? Where are we at? Where's the, where's the brick going? We're going to the top, man, and we're taking gold with us, man. So, uh, like I said, there's multiple flyweight fights booked. We got Matt Schnell versus uh, Tyson Nam, uh, September 12th. I mean, that's five, six weeks away. Uh, if something happens with that, I'd be glad to step in. We've got um, – his name's like Kara France, I believe. He's fighting Brandon Royval, the, the guy I've been chasing. Yeah. You know, we're both idle. You know, we both hold – two of the fastest wins in history for LFA. So uh, that's a fight I'm looking for as well. So we're going to stay ready. We're hoping one of these flyweight fights fall out and we could head up to the Las Vegas at the apex and, you know, fight with no fans again. So they know I'm ready. I'm prepared. I know what it's like. And uh, LFA took great care of us. I had my own locker room. I, you know, I was hundred percent confident and comfortable. So uh, I'm ready for the UFC experience. And let's hope that happens. Let's yes, hope sir. that happens. Because, again, so for you, how would it feel to have, you know, the legend that is Joe Rogan say them words? Hey, man, it, it, it's a dream. That and uh, to have Bruce Buffer announce me, you yeah. know. He's never said the word, the brick. So to have him be the first one to announce Jimmy the brick flick would be amazing. Uh, I, got, I, I just want to make that walk so bad one time in my career. That's what we've been chasing. Um, so to walk away with this title, knowing this title is the number one feeder to the UFC, you know, LFA. So I'm hoping that that helps. Uh, I did my part from interviews to media. I stay active on social media. I got more followers than some guys that are even in the UFC. I just don't have, you know, uh, one of these high up managers, you know? Yeah. So I got a manager that's in contact for them. She's doing whatever she can to let them know I'm ready. And, uh, come Monday, we're going to be back at them, letting them know I'm in the gym. I'm putting the work in and we're going to be ready. Ready. And that's how it happens. Stay sharp, stay fit. And when that call comes, you're good to go. Yes, sir. Yes, you know, sir. Shock the be an underdog again. And, uh, make these people some money and that's that's well that's what it's about for them um but they would need the fighters and you're definitely uh i would like to think at the top of the tree for that let's have a quick obviously you've got a huge list of sponsors so just a massive thank you to all your sponsors yeah i'd like to thank all my sponsors for the support i really appreciate them uh even got hka usa they take great care of you nick sampson over there man uh, I can't appreciate him enough. Anything I need for my gear, for my training, they got me taken care of. 
So if you haven't checked out HKA USA for sure, I even got my Midwest extract shirt on. Uh, I got so many sponsors, so many supporters, and I, I just can't thank them enough. Uh, I'm still trying to get back to notifications from Facebook from last week. You know? It's crazy, so, isn't it? Crazy. Uh, I love it, man. And people yeah. keep telling me, you're somebody to run your stuff. I'm, no, I'm always going to run my stuff. It's always going to be yeah. me. I love the support. It just motivates me. And uh, I can't thank everybody enough. Fantastic. Well, I want to say thank you for, um, you know, on behalf of Nick, uh, for the HK USA gear and from, you know, over in the UK, HK and, you know, the fans that are starting to build over here now, because obviously we help share and my guys at the gym ask, oh, who's this, who's the Brit? Who's the Brit? I was like, oh, you know, the HK USA sponsor him and I've done a couple of podcasts with him. So yeah, he's, he's blowing up. And again, your social media is just going off at the moment, which is fantastic to see. And we're just looking forward to watching you grow and supporting you and, you know, helping you out, Nick helping you out as much as he can, as and when we can. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. You uh-huh. can follow me at Jimmy Flick. Uh, also, my actual personal Facebook, I've got too many friends requests, <laughs> which is freaking awesome. Uh, I've tried to delete some people that are not on there no more and add more people. But you can just follow my uh, fan page, Jimmy the Brick Flick. Or you can type in www.thebrickmma.com and it'll take you right to my fan page. Perfect. Perfect. So, guys, if you're watching, if you're listening, hit him up, have a look. He's doing big things uh, for the LFA, for you know, cage fighting. He is hopefully going to get that call to the UFC very soon. And I'm pretty sure it will. Keep visualizing it and it will happen. Uh, I just want to say thank you for your time. Thank you for a bit of your knowledge. Uh, well done on having the second quickest finish out there. That's phenomenal. You are the uh, the flyweight 125 world champion. It's been fantastic catching up with you again, buddy. Well done, and we will speak to you very soon. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. My pleasure. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's chat, have any questions or feedback for us, or would like to be on one of our podcasts, Leave a review and we will happily get back to you. If you would like more details on how Hastings Kickboxing Academy can help you or a family member, find all our contact details in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to HKA's Kickstart Your Confidence podcast. And remember, it's not just a sport, it's a way of life.